0: All right, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, and as we continue in the series, we're looking at generosity. Generosity is something that we all love. We all love when someone is generous to us, amen? All right, we like generosity, but not only generosity when it comes our direction, we love the opportunity to be generous. I mean, when you have an opportunity to be generous to somebody, That is a blessing. And there's so much joy that we receive from that. Uh, We love to have the opportunity to be uh, generous. We love to see the good that generosity does in somebody else's life. There are times where people will do something for somebody. They were impressed by the Lord to do something and they had no inside knowledge of what was going on in their life only to find out later that that was a pivotal time and that God used them to be an answer to somebody else's prayer. Pretty amazing. We would not only love to, we, we not only love to see what generosity does in people's life, what generosity accomplishes, we would love the opportunity to be a generous vessel That God could use for others. I think that's the case. I think that is the heart uh, of a believer, the heart of a Christian. Uh, is to give why, because God so loved the world that He gave that it is it is part of the DNA of God is that God is generous god 's love and God is giving and and with that, as we learn as we grow uh, we we want the love of God to work in us and through us, and in doing so, we get to be a help and a blessing to other people and and so generosity is is a wonderful thing but when we learn of the spiritual implications that generosity has we can really get a better grasp of why we should be generous You know it's the older I get and I'm married to an old woman now you got to pray for me <laughs> Uh, but uh, we we. Uh, 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 the older I get, the more I understand. Life is not about me. It's not about me. It's about the Lord, and it's about others. You know, if I had everything that I wanted, I still wouldn't be happy. You know why? Because. We are, we're sinful or selfish, we would just keep on wanting. Oh, no, pastor, if I had this, this, and this, I'd be content. Well, then, why, why isn't the billionaires of the world content? They have to earn a little bit more. They, though they may give much, of, much away... still there's that that need for more. And it's like that in our life as well. So when we think about generosity, there there is a plan that God has for the believer, and it is a spiritual plan. And at some point, we've got to trust God. We've just got to trust Him. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, probably one of the uh, the greatest uh, pastors preachers of, of of history, and his sermons have been around the world for uh, over a hundred years. And uh, but with him, uh, he had a theological student came to him uh, and one day, and he was greatly concerned that he could not understand a certain verse in the Bible. Uh, and uh, the the preacher uh, Charles Adden Spurgeon looked back at this young uh, preacher and replied kindly but firmly, and he said, "Young man, allow me to give you a word of advice. Give the Lord credit for knowing things that you don't understand. Give the Lord credit for knowing things." that you don't understand. You know, God has ways that are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. And we do have a God who is who knows us and he knows our circumstances. He knows our needs. But he wants us to to. To follow his plan. And in following the plan of God, we're the one uh, that wins. So this morning, we're going to look at generosity, but from a position of of service. A position of service. Matthew 20 and verse 28, the Bible says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, service is something that is a Christian, it is Christ-like. Serving is Christ-like. Not being served, but serving. That That is the example that the Lord gave to us. And so this morning I'll speak to you on the subject, More Generosity. Uh, and we'll look at service. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for these who are here. Thank you for every aspect of the service that we have already had. But now I pray that the Spirit of God would have freedom to work in our lives, and our thoughts, our minds. I pray that you would be glorified by what is said, but also what is received. And so help us this morning to grow, every one of us, please. For Christ's sake, amen. Nowhere can we find uh, someone more generous than God. God is good. Uh, and God is not only good, God is a generous God. Uh, we think about John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, God so loved that he gave. There is generosity that is tied to God. And it wasn't that he just gave out of his abundance. He gave his only begotten son there would be no other. There would not be another son. It was God's only begotten son that he gave. And so uh, God is a generous God. He gave uh, his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, He manifested himself here on this earth. Why? So we could have the gift of salvation. God paid our gift of salvation. He paid the debt uh, that we owed so we could go to heaven. Uh, So the Lord's example there. But as we look at the text verses this morning, back in 2 Corinthians 8, we can see some things that, uh, that, uh, that these believers, these generous believers, what they were doing and why. What they were doing and why. You know, the why matters. The why matters. And here when we look at this this group of people, let's go back to Second Corinthians chapter number 8 uh, and look with me at verse number 3. The Bible says, For to their power I bear record, and yea, beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. But Christie, can you bring the platform monitors down a little bit? Uh, but uh, here we see that these believers, these Macedonian believers, uh, they had taken up an offering, and Paul is now he's referencing their generosity and how they gave, and he is using that as an encouragement to teach the uh, the uh, Corinthian church uh, what their mindset should be and how they should uh, give. But he he points out some something there. He said that their their generosity was exhibited uh, how and why. Verse number five. And this they did, not as we hope, but first gave of their own selves to the Lord. First, they gave of their own selves. To the Lord. So when we think about generosity and we look at this group of people, I want you to see number one, they gave themselves to the Lord. Uh, these believers, they understood who God is and they gave themselves to God. You know, God gave His Son to us, God gave Himself to us, and in return, the expectation is that we would give ourselves back to God. We are going to give of ourselves to God. The service, the life that we live, that we We are going to serve God. And Christian, let me tell you, uh, there is no greater life to live than the Christian life. There's no greater life. Uh, there is no possession that the world could offer that would, would bring fulfillment and joy and comfort and peace. Uh, God is the one that, that will fulfill a life. And so serving him uh, is, the, is the most wonderful thing that we could do with our life. But these believers, though they were in not just poverty, these were in deep poverty. A great trial of affliction. These individuals were not giving out of their abundance. They, they didn't have abundance. And they gave, the Bible says, not as they uh, was desired, uh, to their power and above their power they gave. But the reason why they were giving is because they were giving it to the Lord. They, were, they had given first, they gave themselves to the Lord. Uh, and so, is the Lord worth our gratitude? Is the Lord worth our, our, our generosity? Of course he is. Everything that we have is because of him. Everything that we have is because of God. Uh, Everything that we have is because of what he has given to us, his generosity. 1 Corinthians 10, 26, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Uh, And so when we are giving, uh, we are giving of ourselves to God. God owns everything. God owns us. Bible says if you're saved this morning, you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so, so here for the believer, uh, we, we see that these individuals, they gave themselves to the Lord. These people of Macedonia, the people who had need themselves, they had already given themselves to the Lord. There was an offering that followed, but the offering was a result of them first giving themselves to the Lord. And Christian, maybe we struggle with, with being generous because we're still hanging on to our life. It's in our mind. We are not a steward of what God has given to us. It's mine, and I'm going to control it. And I will give uh, some, maybe family, some of it. I will give my my time to some of it. I'll give uh, my resources and different areas. And I'm choosing my life. But that's not what God's plan is. Our our life belongs to Him. Uh, and so, uh, Christ, who is our life. And now, when we're talking about that, we're talking about Christians. A Christian's mindset should be one that my life belongs to God. So my service to God then should be natural. It should just be the outpouring of a surrender that has already taken place. And so these people of Macedonia, they had no problem giving no matter what they had left. Uh, they were giving, why? Because first they had given themselves to the Lord. And I think that is something that we have to really grab a hold of. Christian, uh, if we do not give ourselves to the Lord, then anything that we give to the Lord will be very guarded. Very guarded. We will, we will not even really probably enjoy it. The Bible says the Lord loveth the cheerful giver. So, so what has to predicate that? Uh, these believers they gave themselves uh, to the Lord. They gave themselves. Uh, God has uh, has to have that position of priority and authority in our life. Because if He doesn't, then we're still choosing what we're going to do. And God, he has purchased us. He has bought us. Uh, we, We look at the lordship of Christ. Now, the lordship of Christ, he should be the Lord of our life. The statement has been said, if the Lord isn't Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. Now, if we apply that to salvation, then we have some heretical problems. Uh, We get saved because Jesus offered salvation and we receive him. But after salvation, we should make, make him our Lord. He should be our master. He should be the one that is Lord in our life. And we submit ourselves to him, his will, his way for our life. And, uh, and that is what his plan is. Not for salvation, but for submission, for service, for sanctification. Why would I separate myself from a world that is sinful to a God that is holy if he wasn't Lord of my life? If I'm just going to live my life and do what I want to do, then I'm Lord of my life. And so here, these believers, uh, the generosity they had, first it started because they had given themselves uh, to the Lord. When we give ourselves to the Lord, we're the one that benefits beyond anything that we could imagine. Uh, there was a man back in uh, 300s, uh, 389 BC. Uh, his name was Eschineses, uh, and he was uh, with Socrates. And during that time, uh, they say that uh, Eschineses was perceiving, uh, he was watching as other people were giving Socrates all of these gifts. Uh, and uh, when he finally had an opportunity, he said, Because I have nothing to offer you, I will will give you myself. And Socrates' response was, and I will give thee back again to thyself better than I found thee. You know what? When we give ourselves to God, God gives us back far better than he ever found us. He takes that offering. He takes that surrender. And he takes that life and he can make something better out of it than we could have ever imagined. You see, giving ourselves to God is not a loss. Giving ourselves to God is an absolute win. Uh, And so, 2 Corinthians 8.5, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave of their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. So number one, they gave themselves to the Lord. Number two, they gave themselves to God's work. They gave themselves to God's work. Now, verse number five, it says, and unto us by the will of God. So, so here when they gave themselves, they gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Now, Paul here is not saying that these people gave themselves to Paul. Paul was saying, uh, they, in their in their effort, they're, they're giving themselves to the Lord. They also then gave themselves to the work of the Lord and furthering God's kingdom. And so, unto us, as in servants of the Lord, who were trying to accomplish something for God. So, it was for God's work. And Paul here, uh, he, his leadership wasn't used for his own personal gain. It wasn't used for his personal desires or goals. Or First Corinthians 11, 1, he said, "Be followers of me, as I even as I also am of Christ. Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ." And God had taken uh, the apostle Paul, and when he had surrendered his life to the Lord, now God was using Paul to fulfill the plan that God had, uh, His kingdom being expanded. And what was being what was being done here was that Paul was an instrument of God, he had given his life to the Lord, and now as he was serving the Lord, then other people were also uh, working together with him. Why? To accomplish God's plan. And God does have his plan, and God had raised up Paul uh, to lead his people, to lead these works, and to accomplish things, bringing people to the kingdom of Christ bringing people into the kingdom of God. And so, so no man can do that on their own. And Paul's leadership led others then to partner together to accomplish that service, that, that sacrifice. And so uh, people uh, that, that Paul is going to, he was not going to the rich and famous. He was going to the, the common, ordinary person like you and me. And what happened was God had worked in their life and they gave themselves to the Lord. Then God had given them an opportunity to give themselves to help God's work. And in doing so then, it extrapolated out to where then we see generosity that is exemplified. It is that example for us. But it was a result of a condition of their heart. Uh, They had already given themselves to God. They had given themselves to the work of God. Uh, And so so then we see that that generosity was one that was going to follow. So it was because they gave themselves to the Lord, because they gave themselves to God's work. Now, What does God's work look like? You know, if I'm going to give myself to something, I want to make sure that it lines up. You know, I don't want it to line up that I'm given for somebody's personal jet. I don't want it to be so some dog can have a more expensive mansion and live in a better house than we do. And that has been examples over the years of these prosperity preachers. Where their dogs had houses that we couldn't even afford. Now, God's work is going to result in several things. Because you need to know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to then give myself to the Lord, if I'm going to give myself to, to His work... What does that work look like? I want to make sure that it's going to matter for eternity. I don't want to get up and preach if my life isn't going to matter. I don't, I don't want my life to be a waste, and, and it has not been a waste. You cannot give your life to God and that be a waste. Uh, uh, but, uh, but with that, what does a, uh, God's work look like? It looks, number one, like personal surrender. Personal surrender. God's work looks like personal surrender. Not just for the pastor, but also for all the believers. Uh, it will look like personal sacrifice. Because God gave and that expectation of sacrifice uh, will be exhibited. Uh, it will result itself in personal service of doing something for God uh, and his plan. Uh, and so what will we see? Because of these areas, we'll see several things. We'll see soul saved. We'll see souls saved. People come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God's work will result in people getting saved. Amen. And you know what? We see people saved uh, week in and week out. And what a blessing that that is. And we'll see people saved, whether it's here on campus, whether it's out in the neighborhoods, whether it's in the jail, whether it's in uh, a a care home, uh, whether it's in the Christian school. We'll see people saved. You know why? Because that's God's plan. God's work will result in people getting saved. Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why, that's why our focus has to stay on the eternal, not just the temporal. Unfortunately, and I'm not against helping on the social areas. But those are not first and uh, foremost. Those are not what the focus has to be. Uh, why? Jesus said Jesus said that you'll have the poor with you always. He said, uh, but, but he came to seek and to save that which was lost. We, we see the, the emphasis on the spiritual, but it doesn't stay there. It doesn't stop there. You'll see the spiritual impact. You'll see people saved. You'll see lives transformed. You'll see people come in, they'll get saved, and God starts working in their heart, and he changes who they are. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, the Bible tells us. And God works, and there's a transformed life. Uh, uh, God's work, you will see transformed lives. You'll see souls saved. You'll see lives transformed, whether it's the adults, the teenagers, children, uh, opportunities for people's lives to be impacted. The teaching and training will be there. You'll see growth. Life brings growth. New life brings growth. You know, it's not God's plan for us to stay this size. You know why? Because there's more people that need what we have. There's more people that need the Lord in their life. There's more people that need to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, but not just to get saved, but also for them to grow so they can be the person that God has created them to be and for them to, to be able to grow in uh, their service. So uh, uh, you see growth, there's spiritual growth. Uh, and the church, it is for the saved. It's for the saved. Uh, the church is a place to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, that's why why God gave the pastors uh, and the evangelists. Uh, God gave uh, the, those institutions why so uh, so so people would uh, be able to be helped in the in the church. Uh, it is about that uh, about teaching uh, and it's for the, the saved. Uh, but but with that, there's spiritual growth. There's numerical growth. People need to be loved. And if nothing else, to be introduced into the love of God. No matter what their past has been. No matter what their failures have been. Every one of us need to be loved. And the Lord can give that love. You know, the the church should be a place of healing. It should be a place of healing. You know, if you walked in here this morning... And everywhere you looked, you saw people that look like they've been in church all their life. And they've never done anything wrong. They've never had any problems. You think, man, I got to (laughs) go. There's no room for me here. You know what? Church is for all of us. And all of us have had failures, and all of us have had struggles, but church is a place where we can come, a place where we can come, where we can be loved, a place where we can come and we can be taught, a place where we can come and be given hope. Instruction, guide, what a blessing, Oh, what a blessing that we can see this, uh, and that's what you find uh, in church. You, you find that's how uh, God's work should look. There should be that growth. There should be giving. There should be giving. That generosity, it ought to be a natural result. Uh, Because, why? Because there is the heart of God. And as we grow, we're going to want to do something with what God has done for us. God has been so good to me. Coming up uh, in April... Uh, I've been saved 40 years, celebrate my 41st, or 41st spiritual birthday. I'm looking forward to it. Just a, just a blessing to think about what God has done in my life over these 40 plus years. And, you know, with that, I want other people to enjoy what I've been able to enjoy. I want other people to see what God can do. Uh, in a family that was broken, and God puts a family back together, uh, God uh, raises up and grows. Uh, now now the kids, our kids are saved, and serving the Lord, and rearing their kids. And uh, what a blessing that that is. And my family being so many of my family members being saved. Uh, that is, it's just what God does. And God can do that in your life. God can, God can do that in you. That's, what you. that's what we want. God gives us hope. Uh, and so that generosity, uh, that giving, uh, we, we see that uh, a church, uh, it should be a giving church. Years ago, when we first came back in 2010, uh, we, the, church was, the church was in a, um, it was in survival mode. Uh, I remember the first few Sundays, after the, I think the first or second Sunday, I took 75 chairs out of the auditorium, uh, filled a classroom that was empty, uh, and so some of you were here during that time, and, uh, but we, people came in, they're like, whoa, what just happened? I took 75 chairs out, and then I roped off about 10 more, uh, 10 more (laughs) rows, it seemed like, uh, but uh, not quite, but we, we, we were, it was in survival mode. And we came in and uh, we'd have guests and as soon as Sunday service would go, uh, would finish, I, I remember several times I was standing, there, standing in the auditorium talking to somebody, uh, and a guest, and somebody turned the lights off. And I said, hey, turn those back on please. And then it happened again and turned the light off. And the reason was they were in survival mode. There wasn't a There wasn't a growth mentality. It was, we got to hang on to what we got. We're, going, we're, we're, we're not going to exist if we don't move forward. You know what? Church, there should be life. There should be life. You know, you know how a church has life? Is you bring it with you. It isn't just a person standing up here on the platform. Every one of us bring life to church. And you know what? When people come and they find life at church... Man, that's where I want to go. And what we will see is we will see people want to be a part of that, uh, and and growth takes place. Uh, but but with that, uh, there's there's got to be that generosity. If if the the generosity is just that result of that growth, and uh, and when we uh, when we give, it reveals that we care, uh, and we care not just for the spiritual, but also for the temporal. You know, yesterday we had a a food uh, distribution. And just the boxes of food that went out, not counting the meats and the melons and other things that went out, over 4,000 meals were passed out yesterday. Every week we have an opportunity to, to help people. You know why that happens? Because there is, a, there is a body of believers here that are generous. And they're generous not just in where, where those resources came from, uh, but they're generous in having a location where that can be serviced through. And labor to work and to help make that a reality. And, uh, and we get to see the blessings, the, uh, the things that we do. Uh, but it takes generous people to serve the Lord. You know, generosity in our service is so important. It's one thing to give an offering, and I'm not minimizing that because we need that. Every one of us need that. But the generosity of our service says so much more. You know, we could throw a check and an offering plate. And have no care about anything. Spiritually speaking. But you can't be involved. Without it, it impacting your heart. The Bible says mine eye affecteth my heart. Mine eye affecteth my heart. And you know when there is Service. Now, all of a sudden, that generosity, it just wants to come out. Because we see what is being done. We see what can be done. We see the needs, the opportunities. And, uh, and God gives us an opportunity to be able to, to serve him. And so, with generosity, you and I, if more so than, than putting an offering in a plate or giving to an individual, giving of ourself. The rest will take care of itself. But our own service. Christian, what are we doing for the Lord? What are we doing? There's an opportunity for us to serve. There's an opportunity for us to do something for the Lord. But we've got to jump in. And in doing so, that generosity of time will impact our heart. And then we get to see what God does beyond that. Now, If you're here this morning and you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you have experienced the generosity of God in your life. If you have not, let me tell you, God is a generous God. God loves you. And He wants you to spend eternity with Him, He wants you to be in heaven. And He offers that gift of salvation freely whoever wants it. But we have to accept him. Father, I do thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for these who are here this morning. And I pray that all of us uh, look into our own life and Lord, if we're saved this morning, I pray that we truly do have a, uh, uh, a mindset, a thought, a heart for serving you. And so I pray that you would just lead us and guide us, help us to be that generous individual uh, with our service. And then, Lord, uh, give us opportunities, eyes to see, and uh, and and resources to be able to be generous with. And so we pray for your help and guidance. And then, Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you as their personal savior, uh, I pray that today they would accept you uh, in their life. Heads bowed, eyes closed.